0: Uh, Mr. Miles, send him in.
1: All right, Donnie, Mr. Maggotson's
0: ready to see you now. Donald, come in. Close the door, please. This is, uh, this is never easy, but oddly, in this case, it really is. I'm gonna have to let you go. The company's opted to replace you with a promising candidate out of Scranton. He's a little older than you, but, uh, seems to take the job a lot more seriously. So pack up your things, uh, we're gonna need you out by January 20th. If that doesn't work for you because you seem uh, rather upset, uh, I can speak in a way you're more comfortable with. You're fired. Max,
2: Steve, escort him from the country. All right. Come on, Orangey. Let's go. Don't make me kicking in the hiney. I already did. Well, with that enthusiasm level, let's get
0: the podcast <laughs> started. Oh, See, I gosh. thought I'd be so excited to roleplay that, but uh, now I know more than I need to about Max and Steve's Kings. More mm. lack thereof.
2: <laughs> I just want to kick him in the heinie. So, as you can, yeah, well, listen,
0: there are there are there are uh, places where, for a nominal fee, they'll let you do that, or you just be famous, and then they just let you do it. Someone told me that once. But anyway, I'm Joey, and as you can guess, I'm here with uh, with Miles, Steve, and Max. Uh, Miles, say hey. Hey, Max. Shalom, everyone. Steve. Hello, hello. And uh, if you're. Utterly puzzled with what we just did. One, you're not engaged with the world in the slightest, but uh, we have a much different tone than we did last week when we uh, nervously recorded a podcast wondering if the world would end. And then uh, it seemed for a brief moment like it was about to. And then it didn't. So uh, 2020 in a nutshell. But uh, how did you guys uh, hear the news? Well, we'll hit this briefly before we get on the movies, I'm sure. You know, not everyone here is uh hoping for our, our political take, though uh I will accept becoming the next Steve
3: Krannaki. Yeah, but what news are you talking about? Yeah, right no, what news? Uh,
0: Steve Cronacki becoming the internet's boyfriend, clearly. Him and John King. Oh, he's
3: great. He's so
0: adorable. <laughs> uh but yeah, like did uh how did uh how did the news that the election more or less is over come to you this uh yesterday? We're recording on a Sunday.
2: Well I I stepped away from the T V for the first time in about 72 hours to make breakfast for the family. And when I did, my phone blew up and I said that was the wrong time to leave. Oh, was because that's when it happened, which is fine because luckily I have a DVR to rewind it. But I was really hoping to see that live. But uh, that was it. You know, my, my family text thread uh, was blowing up and I'm like something good was going on. And it was not just good. It was great.
0: And he was upset that uh, he missed it. So he then beat his children. So know, Oh, yeah, it all worked out. How is it?
2: I do not beat my children.
0: <laughs> Just be clear about that one. <laughs> the best part is Steve. So inside baseball, but Steve then edits this and uh, is going to have to choose whether or not to leave this part in, yeah. which I find very amusing. He's going to balance the comedy with the I don't want people to know See, I... this. It's like that. What was um? was it Roger Ailes or I don't remember who it was. One. Of, it was a Republican operative who always said you should accuse someone of doing something awful because at the very least they'll have to have gone on record denying it you know of course i don't beat my children oh so you're talking about beating your kids huh all right all right why would someone even suspect it so all part of the uh the plan to make steve the next nominee for president
2: it'll work not only do i not beat my kids i was just spending Um, the last 15 minutes trying to get a sliver out of my daughter's foot well why'd you put it Um, in her foot? because she voted for trump there you go now it all makes sense so she committed voter fraud and she voted the wrong way wait one second i'm actually gonna check on her is that sliver out Ugh, okay. All right. I'll edit that out. But I'm sorry, what was that about? <laughs> Leave it in.
3: No. Um, Hilarious.
0: Yeah. All right. So Steve was uh, was doing the dad thing and then missed it for a hot second. Max?
3: Uh, my wife and I were watching. We were actually CNN kind of people. So we were watching John King and we were watching, you know, nonstop. And so we were already in front of the TV and we saw all of a sudden, you know, it's always like, um, breaking news uh close race there's nothing like there had there hadn't been a projection in days and so we saw a projection and we were like on the phone with uh her sister and they're like we have to go there's a projection and then we saw we both screamed ran outside in the backyard and then we heard like every single person on the street like screaming people were like hitting their pots and pans and then we were like let's go but she suggested let's go like outside outside and like be with people so we like wander the streets of harlem and it was amazing there was every single person was outside banging cans black lives matter flags uh biden harris signs ev- like ambulances were honking their horns it was unbelievable it was so cool and yeah, it, awesome. it was just so cool to be a part of, you know, like to be in New York City. Yeah,
0: I for for the briefest of seconds, when you said everyone was outside banging and, <laughs> and you took your breath, I really hoped you were done with that sentence. Mm. And I was like, I I have to move to Harlem for the impromptu orgies, apparently. Yeah, obviously. Um, if ever there was a time, obviously, that would be weird if you run. I run into Max and like. This isn't like a workplace harassment situation. It's, mm. it's just co- it's just coincidence. Yeah, just coincidence. It's also, how I meet his wife. It's weird. It's not. A, it's yeah, identical. it'd be great. It's a, um, it'd be perfect Matt. way to meet each
3: other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you have to like shake your hand during it. Like, yep. Don't use that hand. Yeah, yeah um, not that one. Not that one. Actually, you know what? Let's just touch feet.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, wild that you think our feet will be clean during this. Good point. I mean, listen, how many listeners did we just lose? Uh, Miles, right. Can you beat the
1: orgy? I cannot beat the orgy. I'm pretty jealous of all that. Uh, The response here in Florida was a bit muted, as you can imagine. Uh If if anyone's actually looking at the state breakdown, I am from Jacksonville, Florida. We were one of the few that went blue. So uh, I was somewhat proud of that, even if the state overall let us down. Um, as far as how I learned about it, uh, me and my girlfriend have been working from home anyway, so we pretty much just had the TV on with the 24 hour coverage, uh, through the whole thing. Uh, we were watching ABC, but we were part of a, um, uh, uh, text thread as I'm sure a lot of people were, um, and everyone there was watching different stations. So we all sort of had near to the grindstone and we'd been watching for like four days straight and we would have to take breaks because they went into that long lull where it's just, oh, yep, yeah, there's these six states and they're awfully close. So we would go and we would, you know, try and take our minds off it by watching Nicholas Cage movies, things like this. Um, and Mm. we had just turned away to, um, you know, so she could show me the sorcerer's apprentice for the first time. That's how dark things had gotten. And then, uh, the oh, second we're about to push play on Sorcerer's Apprentice, the text chat blows up with they they uh, declared it. CNN called it. And then we immediately turned back and we got to get that rush of everyone, all the stations sort of simultaneously calling it for Biden. Uh, so that was pretty incredible to see.
0: Nice. I uh, <clears throat> I also missed the, the actual call, sort of. So I uh, haven't been sleeping much, as you might imagine. So I was been up until like 6 a.m. every day with like the news because they they didn't stop doing live coverage and i'm trained to sort of just like watch and i i prefer msnbc not because the the slant i just like the people talking more so like the news is the news to some degree and i can i have a decent bullshit detector i just i like the people telling me it better there so that's who i had on and normally after i think 1201 they they start their like nine o'clock programming over again so that's always like a cue to be like okay i'm done with news for the day obviously not the case so um Tuesday night or Wednesday, night, I forget what it was, like, it just led into, like, their morning show, like, Morning Joe or whatever, and that was my cue of, like, oh, that's not good. I, I, I'm watching with the people who are waking up. I, I need to go to sleep. But um, yesterday, I was helping out a former teacher, and I was proctoring an SAT for them, because I, I live very close to a school, and it's the only school doing it. But there's, if you guys remember, when you took the SAT, there's not a ton to do for the person in charge. You know, it's always been, like, a gym teacher reading the paper. But uh, so I was checking and I, and I refreshed and refreshed. And then I saw a projection for Pennsylvania. I was like, I think that means that I refreshed. and said, Yep, he wins. And then I watched the Internet explode. And I actually could hear outside people start to cheer. And I, I live in a uh, part of Brooklyn that's um, pretty, pretty interestingly diverse in the sense of it's largely Russian and Russians tend to vote Republican. They have that like anti-communism bent from like the Reagan years. But I also live near Coney Island, which is largely African-American votes. Incredibly heavily Democrat, as you would imagine. Um, Hakeem Jeffries is my congressman. He's, like, probably going to be the Speaker of the House one day. Um, and then went into the city later. I wanted to go get some some food to celebrate. And it was fun to just watch, like, people outside eating and as if it was a normal day. And somebody walks by, like, cheering. And then suddenly everybody's cheering. And then, like, a parade kind of broke out on Fifth Avenue. <laughs> It was it was wild. I was kind of looking for like the like three Trump people who would be like upset and and, and you know doing their counter protests. You know because we we well we stole the election, didn't you hear? Uh, duh,
1: it's all over the news. Yeah, it's all it's all rigged. That's I, why we let Mitch McConnell win again,
3: right? And gets and, yeah yeah. I love I love and that win thing. all of their Senate seats.
0: Yeah yeah, and, and not even close in some right. cases because you know like if we if we rigged it and the idea was. The way you rig it is you either win everything or you win just the right amount. Like, we've seen movies. We know how to... Like, if Hollywood is rigging this for us, they know how to arrange an ending. Like, they called the race at, like, what was it 10 or 11 o'clock on a Saturday when nobody necessarily is watching TV? Mm-hmm. Like, this is not how, how Hollywood arranges this. They would have waited until, uh, like, 7 or 8 o'clock. Like, time. an hour before Biden went out to do his expect- acceptance speech. They would have <laughs> timed it out. They would have just held yeah. on to it. Right everything everything would have worked out perfectly but yeah they if we were rigging it mcconnell would have gotten like seven percent of the vote and they're like wow kentucky really yeah. turned but you know it must be on a, on, a, on one hand i wish i was that stupid that i could just believe nonsense and like really go in deep it seems like a much simpler way of living <laughs> I,
2: I think the word simple is uh, it's a nail like, on the head
0: yeah, because the, the it seems like and this is not to generalize, but I, I feel like we our listeners are probably not largely QAnon members until I get next week's comments. But you know, if you if you can buy into like that sort of thing, you've either you've either got a very like simple life that you're not fulfilled by that you you need to be part of something bigger, which we all understand. We all have our things. It's just not usually like a political cabal or you know, so much is going wrong that you need to blame someone else, which also I understand. It's just wild that it goes into, you know, a conspiracy, like almost personally against you by people who have it better. Like, I'm not under that impression. I assume people who have it better don't give a shit about me and never think about me as opposed to, you know, constantly thinking about me and how they can make my life worse. Well, it just
1: goes to show just how far into the rabbit hole people will go once they're convinced
0: yes that is uh that is true and also part of the problem that we're going to continue to face but we have other things to discuss i'm sure this won't be the uh last time that we bring up the election but uh here's hoping that it's one of the last just for our our (laughs) sake so we have a few we have a few questions we can get to before we start some chatter um the first one leads us into a uh, briefly sad topic The topic will always be sad. We'll just briefly hit it because it's sad. Did you grow up watching Jeopardy? Yes, sir. Yep. Of course. Indeed. Same. And we're recording this on a day that we learned that uh, Alex Trebek has passed away, which is uh, very sad. I I believe we had thought he was doing better, but that is also what you say when you don't want to, you know, make people worried about you. So um, does anybody have a Jeopardy memory of of any note or is it just it's just one of those things that was like a part of your childhood and potentially into adulthood?
2: I watched it as a child with my parents and then my uh, children. You know, we uh, started the second generation or the third generation, I guess, of of Jeopardy fans. You know, they haven't heard yet, but they'll definitely know who he is and they'll definitely be saddened by it. But, uh, you know, just a shame. Great guy. Amazing that he he fought through it and continued to shoot episodes of this through cancer. It's amazing. Some people quit on the on the drop of the dime, and some people are fighters, and he was a fighter. Agreed. Max,
3: I I, I don't really have like a specific memory. I just I just always remember watching it with my parents when growing up. It wasn't like the greatest. It wasn't the thing that I watched every single week, but I know that you know I'm so bad at trivia, like awful. So. I, I enjoyed playing it with my parents who my dad was really good at it. And my mom and I are awful. So it was fun to see him just like kind of crush it. And we're just like, I I don't know where that is in the country. And Yeah. (laughs) yeah, it's just like, he's just the great, I mean, honestly, he's like probably the greatest game show host of all time. And it's just, it's sad. And it just adds to the 2020 bucket list literally not bucket list that's the wrong word um yeah thank that's you that, that's that's exact that's what i was looking for so yeah, yeah we got there it's been a long week i'm sure like all like everyone else I, yeah. i've also gotten like barely any sleep because of the election because we've been staying up till the ungodly hours
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah miles um yeah i mean i grew up watching it uh my dad was also really good at it so he'd be the main one who wanted to but um I don't have any specific memories or anything tied to it. Probably my best reference point for Alex Trebek is ironically the uh, Saturday Night Live um, Celebrity Jeopardy sketches with him and uh-huh. John Henry. And I do have to say it is kind yes. of fascinating that the two of them passed within a week of each other. So now, even though it's a fake feud, it can kind of.
3: Oh, uh, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. What do you, what do you like? Just write down what you like. Alex Trebek oh they are they are they are incredibly they're they're so those were very funny just because they picked they didn't really have a a trebek take beyond his like annoyance at stupid celebrities but they hit connery perfectly and the idea that all the things he said about him you almost feel like sean connery would do that like oh trebek you're, you're looking a little ragged over there did you you didn't sit down did you have a date last night like it was all so base level but all so funny um, so yes he will he will be missed and uh, ironically uh, one of our comments left from Ryan says uh, much obliged for the Sean Connery and continued Borat impressions
3: hmm. why will we why? yeah I was about to say Max where's your where's your Borat impression I can act and I can sing I cannot do impressions to save my life well I'm not casting you in that movie then yeah, I don't Jeez, blame him just I- lost I- the part <sighs>
2: That and sounds like a sense. better reason to try it right now.
3: Yeah, it went to the it went to the yeah. other Jew, Sasha Baron Cohen. Yeah, I also enjoyed his tweet where he uh, he took away the job offer from Donald Trump.
0: Oh my God, I love. He's a good follow. Yeah. Um, so Ryan uh, Ryan left two comments. I'm gonna combine into one. He said, uh, "It's funny. I was actually playing Star Wars Squadrons while listening to this episode." <clears throat> Max, we were talking video games last. Week.
3: Mm, I missed out. For like a really <clears throat> yeah, long he time, to get... <laughs> given what our podcast
0: is ostensibly yeah. about. Yeah, I mean, given what our podcast is about, we've we've hit the topic of about a third of the time we've recorded. We we were apparently a video game political podcast. <laughs> you know, granted, if someone told me that's what I'd be doing with my Sundays, yeah, I'm not a set. Right. He's he's trying as hard as to get all the trophies to a hundred to you know. Before every other major 2020 release comes out next month, which is also very true if you like video, <clears throat> if you like video games, every single video game in the world is coming out, like within the next month or two um, time, some of them to the release of the new PlayStation Xbox. But that new Spider-Man game that we we briefly discussed is just got reviewed pretty, pretty well, I believe. Um, and then several like ambitious looking games besides like your, you know, general call of duty and stuff like that. Um, he has a ranking the when we talked about Star um Batman Arkham games okay. or Spider Man. He says um Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, Spider Man Origins, Knight. So he didn't like I would, Knight. I would probably agree with much. that, give or take um Asylum and Spider Man. Um I I I don't know. I loved Arkham Knight because I wasn't bothered by the um the Batmobile stuff as much as some people, but I get why that like just crumbled it for some people. And I haven't played Origins, so Origins is at the least for me. And he says, 11 uh, years later, Asylum is still a gold standard for building a threatening, scary atmosphere in games. Meanwhile, City improves on Asylum in every other conceivable category and probably makes my all-time top 10 for it. So I get it. They're both incredible games, um, just like Spider-Man. So I'm looking forward to Miles Morales when I eventually get a PlayStation 5.
1: Yeah, I might wait for the price to go down Steve, on a little bit.
0: I mean, one, you have to wait for them to be available. You can't even get yeah. one if you wanted to. I didn't think... I always assumed, um, and we can all talk about this for a minute, um, besides the fact that I was going to say, Steve, you'll, you know, in six months, you'll finally get to some of those games that are sitting, un- you know, unboxed in your apartment, in your house.
2: Eventually. Maybe maybe a year. I,
0: I love I love the, the idea I have in my head that Steve has every game. They're just all unopened. <laughs> <laughs> it's like It's like me and DVDs back
2: in the day. It, it's, uh, it's. You're not far yeah. off. Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, now you uh, now you got a little less to do, just a little less to preoccupy yeah, your exactly. brain at least. So, oh, well, I would have said, um, I thought I'm surprised I didn't say this last year. I mean, last week when we recorded, um, mm-hmm. video games are an excellent distraction when like the news is getting to you, even if it's just for a couple minutes. <laughs> Big time. time. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, Ryan has a film face off for us uh Happy Death Day or Halloween the 2018 version. Mm. I was about to say <laughs> Yeah, it does it does change. There's three different Halloweens. That's that's
1: probably the worst thing about that 2018 film is the title because now we have to have three different films all named Halloween that are all set in different continuities of the same franchise.
0: I mean I guess you can do John Carpenter's Halloween because you, you have you there is John Carpenter's uh, Ghost of Mars and John Carpenter's vampire. Yeah, but that's how <Zo-> that he
1: didn't do that with,
0: which is a shame, because that would have helped. Because he, he wasn't at the point. Yeah. And then I guess Rob Zombies Halloween is pretty close, right? Because he I think he, there are movies that say Rob Zombies, right? At least one of his I think has the in but the title. At least
2: isn't twenty eighteen spelled different? Isn't it H O L L O W? Oh because no. that's the uh, that's what I thought of the film.
3: <laughs>
0: wow. Oh I love the, I love the 18 Halloween. So we'll, so I guess so Steve's on Happy Death Happy Death Day, all right? We'll we'll get to come back to Halloween in a second. I I haven't seen Happy Death Day. It's one of
3: the few movies I haven't, so I'm on Halloween by default. Uh Max and Miles. I'm definitely team Happy Death Day. I love Happy Death Day quite a bit. The
1: sequel's great, too. Um, Joey, you got to get and in, get into both of them. I'm going to go Halloween 2018, though. I thought it was as a longtime Halloween fan. I thought it was the best sequel since like the third one, which most people don't like, but I think it's kind of brilliant. Um, and ha- Happy Death Day is great. And but Halloween 18, just it was the best slasher movie that's come out in the last like 10 years easily.
0: I uh, so two parts this we'll talk about. One, quickly, I definitely need to see Happy Death Day because I've seen Freaky, and it's from the same filmmaker, and Freaky is amazing. Freaky is an amazing slasher film. For those who have no idea what it is, it's kind of like Freaky Friday meets Jason, whichever slasher you prefer. Kind of like Happy Death Day meets Halloween, I guess. Um, It's Catherine Newton from Blockers and uh, Vince Vaughn, and he's a uh, slasher who... um, through a very silly reason, which is part of why it's comedy, swaps bodies with her for 24 hours. So she becomes a serial killer walking the halls of a high school, kind of taking vengeance on the ones who have wronged her. And she and Vince Wong becomes a teenage girl, somewhat effeminately, like running around town, like realizing, oh God, I'm strong and a giant. This is weird. Like meeting up with her friends to figure out how they can swap back within 24 hours. It's so funny and so smart. I had no expectations and was blown away. So... I definitely need to check out, um, was it Christopher Landon, I think is his name? Yeah. Um, his other work. Because um, if that's what he's doing, and this is just the the slightly, somewhat bigger budget version of it, even though I think it's still a Blumhouse movie, I uh, I need to be on, on that bandwagon. And then Halloween-wise, um, I actually like all three Halloweens. Um, Carpenter Classic is a classic. Um, for those who don't watch it or haven't seen it in a while, surprisingly low body count, the original. It goes a long time before there's there's death, as I recall.
2: And yeah, that's absolutely. why I didn't like 2018. It was such a different it didn't feel like a, a follow up. It feel it felt like somebody who knew of Halloween but didn't watch the original in the last ten years and then decided to make a sequel. Uh I th- I think it I think it it, it
0: split the difference better. Because so Rob Zombies Halloween I I liked at the time. Um I think part of it was there we were on a run of such bad slasher movies when they were, and they were kind of drying up at the time anyway. So this felt sort of like Halloween. You know, the the first two thirds of the movie is essentially a remake, and then the last part he goes in his like much more violent direction while still following the the steps of the first one. So it was it was satisfying. I, it didn't like reinvent the wheel. It didn't do anything, but and I guess oddly, if you were a, a Rob Zombie fan it might have been disappointing also because it it was closer to halloween than you know the insanity of house, house of a thousand corpses or the devil's rejects whether you love or hate those movies they're very um unique you know they're identifiable as his movie and i think his halloween 2 did that more to much less successful extent i suspect miles hates i that one. i cannot
1: stand rob zombie's halloween films i think they're absolute garbage and i uh, it's oh it's just just dis- like, it's nauseating to sit through. I felt ab- actively
0: sick the entire time. Very uh, very middle-of-the-road <laughs> take, I can see. Um, but, I, but I do love the new one. I think it is a great slasher film, and I think it does sort of do a good job, Steve disagrees, but of looking at the franchise and kind of discarding everything that didn't work about it and getting back to very close to basics while being more um, modern. It's clearly written by fans. So there are um, addendums that they put to the franchise. And it's not perfect. Like I I I loved it, but I a hundred percent could have dealt without the um the podcasters at the beginning. Though you needed you needed some introduction and you needed, you know, people to die early on. And I I didn't need the, the I was doctor. just
1: about to say the, the the new Loomis character is probably the weakest part of it for sure.
0: Yeah. Because their big twist was, Oh, he's he's kind of crazy also. You know, you didn't you didn't need that because all it did was lead to like him trying to sacrifice Laurie. Oh no, it's the do- It's the granddaughter. I don't know what her name is. Um, the granddaughter. I think she might even be credited as the granddaughter. Um, and then uh, you know it just leads to one of the more violent
2: deaths. But other than that, I, I it thought wasn't a super. Um, I-, I thought that was crowbarred but- in and. They, it, it served no purpose in the end. And it, it seemed like if they introduced him and he became part of the follow-ups, but he wasn't. It was just this character that came out of nowhere, made little sense, and then, uh, spoiler alert, uh, didn't make it out of the first film. And I'm like, why did we do this? Yeah, No, that's, that's fair. Like I said, a whole bunch of Halloween fandom thrown together in an attempt to make something that would uh, satisfy fans – but in doing so, even like you said, the first film, the body count was so low. It was deliberate. Uh, Michael Myers didn't just run around slashing people. And in this film, he shows up. Oh, wait, you happen to be in, within 10 feet of him. You're probably going to die.
0: I mean, this is a this is a sequel. So there is some degree of that. But yeah, no, I, I get it. I uh I do think, though, the scene, the sort of one long take of him going into houses and kind of causing a little bit of carnage is really well realized. Like that tells you all you need to know about this character at this point. Like that's what this man thinks about. Um, And I do think that part of the reason we have not the podcasters, that was just a means to an end, but the doctor, I think they initially set out to write one movie, you know, um, when they decided we were rebooting Halloween, but we're going to do it. We decided it's going to be a follow-up, And then as they wrote it, probably a very long script. That's when the idea of, Oh, let's make two movies. Oh, let's make three movies. And, they discarded a bunch of other stuff. And then as they came up with the other ideas, they probably realized that we don't need a new Loomis. So let's move on and get rid of him in this one. That's my hunch. I don't know, because we're also going based off of less than 30 seconds of Halloween Kills footage. But that's my guess.
2: Miles, did you like uh, for at all? Did, I enjoyed the, the niece. What's her name? Jamie, I believe. Uh, the Jamie character. Yeah. yeah,
1: I did. I did a, a full rewatch of them uh, a, a couple years back, and I do like. I don't like four as much as some people, but it is a solid one for sure. And I was kind of sad that that whole subplot sort of dovetailed at the end of six where they couldn't, you know, finish shooting it with Donald Pleasance. And it was just, it felt kind of thrown together, the whole cult thing that he was a part of. Um, And so they never really resolved that and they never really came back to it. And that's a problem with the Halloween franchise in general is that they've been rebooting their continuity every three or four films for the most part. And it's, it's hard to, you know, like I loved H two O, but then Resurrection was such a piece of shit that you need to start all over again anyway. So it's H two O was the the Academy one, right? That was the first one that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis came back for after the first two.
0: Yeah, that was that was solid. She's she's like the headmaster exactly. of the like Academy, right? Josh so he's, Hartnett's he's, her son, and he's a little baby. Yeah, yeah. Like she, it, it, that one was good because it gave a reason to be stalking teenagers beyond like, well, it's what I do. It was, it's the only people here. But yeah, Resurrection is, is Resurrection the one in Resurrection's the Resurrection's the one where Buster Rhymes tries to fight him with Kung Fu. Uh. Yes, that's the reality show one where they, they were like, oh, people like MTV shows and like the real world. Let's make real world Halloween, which is a terrible movie, though I I I did have interest in it for two reasons. One, I like Thomas Ian Nicholas. Don't ask me why, but I, I appreciate that actor. I think it must go back to Rookie of the Year. And uh, also,
2: I kind of was rooting for Michael Myers. But like most of those people were awful in that movie. Yeah, that was a terrible film. I, uh, the the first yeah. film was great. And then the rest of them became kind of B and B minus C movies. Um, and that's the thing I kind of enjoyed, even though uh, the continuity was became a mess. Um, I like the thorn, the, the cult. Um, I thought, eh, it's going in a new, in a new direction. They brought back Jamie Lee, and I had hoped that it would uh, continue. You know, go back and, and do what they they do now, and and kind of reboot it from after two or three, or after two, I guess. And then they didn't, though. They it it kind of became its own thing. It's like the it, the, the Halloween films branch off. You starting with the original, and they they go down these paths that. Some have come to dead ends and now this one is the uh, the newest path and I just don't, I'm not that interested. It's the first time I ever watched and said, I just don't care. Um, I'm, I'm going to go, but I'll, I'm going to actually sit down and watch the uh, 2018 again because maybe my expectations were too high, but I really would have preferred if they just forgot that five existed, five and six even, and then uh, and continued with Jamie, what is it, 20 or 30 years later. I think that would have been a great way to continue the franchise and not abandon all the history. Fair, fair. Um, his next one,
0: Get Out or Us? Oh, Get Out, obviously. Get Out, yeah.
2: without question. Um, uh, I'm kind of going with Us. I like them both. Really?
0: Yeah, I lean to. I lean toward Us. How? I gotta say, I'll go tell ahead. you what. <clears throat> I I like Get Out. I don't love it as much as everyone else does, just because when it becomes a little more ordinary towards the end, I I I felt a little more deflated. Us, I kind of knew the whole time, like, oh, he's biting off a lot. He's not going to be able to chew at all. But the, the ambition is there and it's being it's trying to do something a little bit different. They're very, very close. Um, I think I just remember giving us like maybe three and a half stars and I gave Get Out three. Um, I just remember like it's sticking in my craw that when in Get Out was it Stephen Root explaining what's going on. And he goes, why? I don't know. Like they just kind of like never gave a reason beyond the you know racial subtext which then becomes text there and and moves on as it becomes more of like a, uh, a horror movie towards the end I, I i got a little like oh you were so close but i guess the vast majority of people didn't have that issue and we're like no you you hit a home run yeah so. definitely didn't i have that it issue. I, trust me i like the movie yeah i like the movie i just i had a tiny bit of oh he was so close to making like the best movie of the year as opposed to just making one of the best movies of the year, like most people thought. Interesting. Um so we split there. We split there, which leads to the visit or split. 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 Uh death. I hate that. <laughs> oh well. Jeez. Um wait, that's a choice? I, I actually I don't hate either of them. Yeah, no. Um Death or Ugu. Um <laughs> I uh I should have said the aristocrats. Um I, I they're both fair. I guess the visit maybe. I don't know. I did not I didn't love either. I I, I like Shyamalan's, or at least not his early stuff, prior to um, the Sixth Sense. Indifferent to his like smaller indie movies, the Sixth Sense onto Lady in the Water. Up until Lady in the Water, I like them to varying degrees, you know. But I, I appreciate them. Lady in the Water is a is a mess, but not but not boring, but not a good movie. And then was it The Happenings next? Right, uh, happening, Happenings. Happenings yeah. terrible. Mm. Like, yeah. I call it, I call it the crapening. Um. then there was Avatar which is terrible,
3: terrible.
0: then was there anything else before uh, uh, the visit? that
1: one was it Twin Peaks but not really TV show with Matt Dillon
0: oh and no no he also did After oh, Earth like, yeah
1: forget After Earth
0: so, they, so what's wild is M. Night Shyamalan with the Sixth Sense gets tabbed as like the next great filmmaker right even though he's three or four movies in And for the next few movies, like, doesn't hit with the the world the same way, but everyone is still assuming, like, this is the new Spielberg, right? This is the new whoever. And then from Lady in the Water until The Visit, so was that, four or five movies, like, arguably is possibly the worst filmmaker in Hollywood. It's a weird uh, flex to then, The Visit does okay, because it's a Blumhouse movie. Split does great. And then Glass comes out and does, I think, all right, but isn't well liked. So he's certainly on a roller coaster. I I guess I guess the visit just because Split didn't impress me. I hated that there was Oscar buzz for James McAvoy. And then the fact that it launched Glass and Glass was such a waste of time puts a bad taste in my mouth.
1: Uh, Here's my thing with Shyamalan. And I think it's the thing that we kind of are really only able to see now with the benefit of hindsight is that. You know, I think it was even as early as Sixth Sense that people were calling him the next Hitchcock, the next Spielberg, like setting all these great expectations. And full credit, the Sixth Sense is still a wonderful movie that totally holds up. And I would say so is Unbreakable to us in a certain sense. That's my favorite. Yeah. uh, Like, regardless of what came after, Unbreakable is still really solid.
0: I got to say I prefer Science, even though those are the three Uh, best. Agreed. I, I, w- I would
1: say Signs is where he started to lose it, but he was still on solid ground. But my point being, he's had so many more turkeys than wins. Like, And it's not something yeah. where you can be like, oh, well, he was working with a bad script because he writes most of his scripts. Oh, you can't say, oh, it was studio interference because he clearly is getting to make the movies he wants to make because a studio wouldn't like change them to be as weird and stupid and illogical <laughs> as they are. Um, I think split seemed like a bit of a risk. Well, like the visit did well because it was a found footage Blumhouse movie, which is basically, you know, was shot for nothing. It would have been surprising if it didn't do well. Um, and then split is really only noteworthy for James McAvoy's performance, which I would argue is a tremendous performance, but it's otherwise, you know, stuck in the middle of this kind of B horror movie that, you know, it's, it's only noteworthy. People make it seem like it's better than it is just because it's so much better than Shyamalan's last like five or six movies. But then Glass brings it right back down to where he left off before then. So it's not so much a resurgence as one movie that had a good performance in it.
2: But I think Split also has the big reveal at the end, which is... I was
3: about to say that.
1: It's kind of a cheat. Well, it's a very meta... You know, take on the fact that he has to have a plot twist in every movie. The plot twist is it's connected to one of my other movies that you
0: may or may not remember. And then doubles down by your own. It's technically connected to two of my other movies, but. You know, I, I just I don't I don't care is the thing like I did. I'm not married to Unbreakable in that way. Like I would have I would have almost preferred it to be its own thing. and And I'm I'm always curious about his stuff, but I don't care anymore is the thing. And I'm sorry, I think it was only one movie. I think I just, Bruce Willis made me think of Six Sense, but I just, I there was a time when a new M. Night Shyamalan movie was cause for like, oh, this could be like special. You know, you anticipated it when they announced what it was. Maybe it turned out to be Lady in the Water. But like, the, especially when you heard about The Village and Signs, like I feel like there was a palpable sense of like, oh, this could be like the next great like horror thriller, like something. Like I want to see what he does with this idea, and it turned out the answer was not as much as we thought. But they're they they were good, so I I just he's 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 not someone I care about anymore, and that's a shame. Um, speaking, we can move on to two really good movies: Whiplash or Black Klansman.
2: Oh man!
0: It, yeah, I don't know my answer yet, so I'm going last.
2: Oh, uh, that's I'm going to go Whiplash whiplash is in my top three films and just for the last five or ten minutes of it alone oh totally such an amazing especially with great sound such an amazing uh in theater experience just sitting there and being completely engrossed by the sound the the editing and, and just the way it was building up and building it up through the use of jazz music which i'm not a jazz person and I walked out of there and I i knew forever that would be something. And I, I, re, I don't revisit films a lot. I'm not I'm not like that. I like to kind of it's like wine. If it's supposed to be good, I'll have one after <laughs> the last, and then and then I'll let it age. And I want to go back and revisit it. I don't know if this is how wine works, but you just follow me. Um, then I'll go and revisit it years later to try to recapture the experience. Um and that's what it was with this. And I went back in and I enjoyed it just as much, if not more.
0: I, I love the image that Steve's home is filled with bottles of wine that have one glass missing from them. <laughs> oh my God. Because he's waiting to go back. Is that why something got caught
2: in your daughter's foot? Is there just broken gla- uh, wine bottles everywhere? That's oh, what this all
3: makes sense now. We
2: So It's not breaking um, a, a glass out of that wine. It's having two bottles of it, drinking one, enjoying it and saying, OK, I'm going to put this other one away to age and see if I still enjoy it years later. There you go.
0: Okay, so Steve, so Steve's a raging alcoholic who drinks two bottles of wine at a time but puts the third away for later. I got it. We, we got there. That's it. <laughs> we got there.
3: Uh, Max, what do you think? It pains me to say, but I, I I, have to go Whiplash. That movie, like, changed everything for me. That that's has gone in and out of my top 10, but I will... I, I have so much to say about both of them, but I will say that Black Klansman is arguably my favorite Spike movie, which I know is a bold statement. But yeah. I also am, like, obsessed with Adam Driver, and I think that he should have won the Oscar that year. Maybe it's because he was playing a Jew, and I thought his performance was absolutely remarkable. Um, I I But Whiplash is one of the most incredible movies I have ever seen. As a, like, musician, it was, like, it was just a game changer for me. And I've only watched it, like, a few times kind of like what he was that like, I don't want to ruin the experience almost cause it was that incredible. And I don't want to like watch it eight times in a row and be like, all right, I, the, you know, that final scene doesn't really hit me now. So, exactly. but it's hard, but I, I can't not go for whiplash. It's definitely my favorite Damien Chazelle film, um, without question. So my, my answer is whiplash, but my God, I, they're both five stars for me, and yeah, Whiplash is my final answer. Shout out to Black Klansman, because I'm obsessed with that movie. We we work on a four-star scale. Uh, then I will give it seven, <laughs> just to piss you off. You're right. You're, you're That's fine Miles, go. Uh, this is so,
1: so bloody difficult, because um, Whiplash, I would say, is one of my favorite films of the last decade. Black Klansman was, like, by a significant margin, my favorite film the year it came out, Um, Mm. and easily spikes best in such a long time. But at the same time with Whiplash, um, you know, sort of echo what Steve said, the the final sequence is one of the best endings to a movie of all time, I think. And, Mm. you know, the performances in that movie are so raw, and it's so well put together on every single level. And so it's really... Because on the one hand, Black Klansman is, from a filmmaking standpoint, maybe not quite as eye-catching or impressive in the traditional sense. But the things it has to say, I think it's kind of a great litmus test for people. Like, if this movie doesn't make your blood boil, you're probably a shitty person. Um, (laughs) I think I'm going to give the narrow edge to Black Klansman, just because I think, you know, I really feel strongly about what it has to say and it being a relevant film. But goddamn Whiplash is so good.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's a one A, one B thing. I, I think I'm ever so slightly on whiplash, but only because I I you have to find a tiebreaker somewhere. And I and I was struggling and I was struggling, and I, I think honestly it just comes down to Damien Chazelle is a slightly better filmmaker than Spike Lee. Spike Lee is a is a great filmmaker when he's on. When he's off, he frustrates the hell out of me. And he's he's honestly kind of an end night shaman like almost off more than he's on. But Black Clansman is is an on movie in the same way as Do the Right Thing. I think The
3: Five Bloods is the same way. But Spike always um. has something to say, which I think is really not, like important. Yes. Because like it's, obviously yeah. every movie has it's something just, to say, but Spike has always been true to himself about like, this is what I stand for and this is what my movie will say, which I really appreciate.
2: But that's not true, Max. Halloween 2018 had nothing to say. Sorry, last time dumping. Yeah. The, the problem is sometimes he doesn't know how to say it all right
0: well that's not spike lee I, um though uh yes max sir. what does she hate me have to say sorry say that again what is what is spike lee's she hate me he was trying to say it. that she hates him yeah but it's one of his worst movies so i'm just curious mm. it's so it's unwatchable. point taken uh no like there are movies that don't work where they have something to say i i think bamboozled is one of his worst movies but
3: it's also one of his clearest messages. right he just fell within the mess i didn't say his movies it. are always great but i you you know what i'm saying
0: yeah exactly i know i was just reiterating like i i i had to watch bamboozled i think twice in college for different film courses and it just it graded on me because at it the first time you watch it it's you know it's a hammer to tell you the message, which is fine. Sometimes you need a hammer, but the more you watch it, the more you realize it's mostly the hammer mm. and it's not, there's no like nail. It's just the hammer in the same way that like crash is right. just a hammer telling me that racism is bad. And yes, I agree. But Paul Haggis, please also like make a movie and you're not doing that. You're just kind of like filling it with stars to tell me that racism is bad and I, I got it. And then you're going to like ironically kill someone towards the end. Like whatever. Anyone who listens this knows I hate Crash. Whatever, Whiplash. I, I'm going to go with ever so slightly. Though I will say that Black Klansman is the movie I would sooner revisit. I have to be in the mood. I agree with that. I think I can stumble. Yeah, I can stumble across Black Klansman and go within five minutes. A line I'm going to like is going to come up, or a scene I'm going to like is come going to come up. You know, they there. It's it's so well spaced out because that's the thing. Like Damien Chazelle was making a very serious, very um, personal in some ways movie. That's just epic craftsmanship, but it's designed to be watched, you know, quietly taking it all in. Black Clansman does feel like Spike Lee is trying to entertain as well. And that's the thing. I think we, we, he, he doesn't always balance entertaining with his message, but when he does, you get 25th hour, you get Black Clansman, you get the five bloods where you're like, okay, he knows what he's doing and he's, he's the conductor of this orchestra really, really well. And no matter when you come to Black Klansman, you're going to giggle at some point before you get pissed off. You know, like, enjoy your, uh, enjoy your new redneck friends. Like, that's like, what, the 10 minutes in the movie? Like, okay, that's the vibe we're going to get. And it's also, I think, sometimes who he's writing with. Like, recently he's been co-writing his movies. And I wonder if that's, you know, helping him to focus on the message but not, like, forget the fact that, like, we needed it. We need a through line. We need, you know, a, a break like the, the things that are going on in the movies. Now, I, I I'm very proud. I'm very <laughs> eager to see what he keeps doing. If he keeps working with these these same people and also with new you know, writers, uh, the last one sinister or insidious don't all talk at one. That's tough for me because I think they're roughly on the same
1: level in terms of that kind of, you know, audience pleasing. horror movies. Um, I think Sinister probably has some of the most inventive and interesting sound design that's been in a movie like that. And obviously, you got to love, um, you know, an Ethan Hawke slowly going crazy kind of setup. Um, in hmm. I might give the edge to Insidious because I think it's slightly better made and more well paced. You know, James Wan and Lee Winnell were being really inventive with their story. Apparently, Lee Winnell had a whole set of sticky notes around the computer that are sort of you know haunted house tropes that he wanted to make sure he didn't follow so like you know when they start getting haunted one of the first things they do is they move to a different house or uh you know try not to fall into the predictable states so i think that one's probably Hmm. a little more refined
0: interesting fair enough fair
3: enough max um Well, from the last podcast that I did with you, we talked about horror movies and how I hate horror movies. They scare the living sweet baby Moses out of me. So I have not seen Sinister. I saw Insidious. It scared me. So I will say Insidious because I've seen it, but I also was very scared. So my answer is not great. Max. Max has to watch watch Sinister today. You're really cute that you think that that will happen.
0: (laughs) I, uh, I, I I'm gonna say sinister but only because so I I watched both and insidious had that one scare that I I found really great with the the red head like Darth Maul looking dude like in the daytime Thought that was very inventive sinister was was unsettling I pick it just because it has a better story for me I um I took my my ex-girlfriend to see it I may have told the story already but I'm gonna tell it anyway and we went to see it and like we'd gone to see horror never never was an issue before and the plan was, I, I had been over at her apartment, and after the movie, I was heading home to eat dinner. Like, we were parting ways. Went to Union Square to see the movie. And I, to this stage, I mean, I don't talk to her anymore, but I don't know what got her about this movie so much. But by the time it ended, she's like, you're not leaving. Like, she came home with me to eat dinner because she would not be alone for a period of time after it. And it wasn't, like, Bagul or whatever, because I, I maybe I'm going to sound like an asshole in a minute, but, like, at some point, a couple of days later, I, I tried to like on the TV like screen grab an image of Bagul to have her like wake up in the middle of the night and see to like test if that was scaring her, and she was just annoyed at me. So it wasn't like the monster or anything. There was just something about that movie that unsettled her to such a degree that she was like, "Nope, not going home alone." So that gives it the uh, the edge. And then the uh, the addendum from Ryan is for no reason whatsoever. What are some of the best instances of Schadenfreude in film? I.e., Paul Reiser getting killed by xenomorphs and aliens, or the Nazis getting their faces melted/slash exploded in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Can't imagine why he's bringing that up today. Uh-huh. <laughs>
3: That's good. It's a good question. I feel like I have to like really think about that. Yeah, his
0: answers are excellent. His examples are excellent. I'm just trying to think of who's. I'm trying to think of, like, characters Um, in movies
1: that you love to hate.
0: Yeah. Hmm. (laughs) Bad bad
1: lieutenant? I don't know. Um, I will say it's not really a movie, but before it turned to shit in the final season, uh, Game of Thrones used to be really good about building up a character so they're, like, the worst person in the world and then giving them a super satisfying death. Like, whether it's watching Joffrey hmm. sort of choke to death on poison or watching ramsey get torn apart by dogs um they always found a way to sort of pay off if they made a really despicable
3: character i don't know i don't
0: have a good example i don't really I
3: either i like have to actually really think about that
2: <laughs> it's an example of a really good question that it stumps is. us Was, so, wasn't there um, a death in, in we might... cop the original uh the guy ended up getting uh toxic waste on him and then he
0: yeah, and it turns into like he a mutant. Oh, it's, it's gross run, and amazing. Yes, he kind of Hilarious. Uh, explodes. Or or I mean, it's I'm trying to think of like the Starship Troopers or something like that, like Paul Verhoeven. I feel like loves shudder. Oh, Sch- Sch- sure. Can't imagine why. Um I some something in a Verhoeven movie is going to be my answer. I just don't know what yet. Maybe um uh
1: Professor so. Umbridge in the Fifth Harry Potter getting taken off by the centaurs.
3: Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with you.
2: Guy, the killer in Ghost. Oh my God, that was so scary! Getting carried away by poorly animated creatures. Tony Goldwyn. No, uh, was it him? So no, well, it was him and the, 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 yeah, there were uh, two. Of no, us. Um,
0: yeah, not his yeah. the guy he hired the the murderer. Um, so yes, though I've I've brought this up in a in a couple of podcasts, um, in interviews already. So people who um listen to these interviews are going to accuse me of repeating myself, but. Um, I, 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 you can't watch ghost now during the pandemic and, uh, and like Patrick Swayze anymore. He, um, he has a scene early on where he's in the, in the elevator with Tony Goldwyn and they pretend to cough all over the place just to get people out of the elevator and now I'm glad he died. Wow. Whoa.
2: What? Oh my god. Not, I forgot. Not about the
3: act, not the actor, but the character oh, in the movie. Oh, I was going to say
2: damn it, man, you are an asshole.
3: Jesus. I actually I also thought I was like what is wrong with you? <laughs> yes, that's my hot
0: take that because he portrayed a character that had one bad thing in a movie 20 or 30 years ago, I'm now glad he died of cancer. Yes, that's exactly what I said. But the uh it is hard to watch Ghost now because you're supposed to be like um, I don't remember his character's name, but he's supposed to be like the perfect man until he's murdered, and and you're supposed to be very into you know the grief of Demi Moore. But I was just annoyed at his character. I was like, how could you do that? That's so thoughtless. Maybe that's why Tony Goldwyn had you killed. but I like the, the your guys' reaction as if I as if Tony Goldwyn the the human being had somehow murdered
2: Patrick that's- Swayze.
3: That's why I was so. whats What
0: is what? You're not up on your QAnon. I guess not. What's the What's the Hollywood version of QAnon? Uh. That's where we're gonna start. Um, and uh, on that horrible, horrible note, I I do wanna I want to bring up something we've we've mentioned it a little bit, and we actually were gonna have Robert on today. There were some technical difficulties, but we we're gonna talk more about him it with him, and we talked about it off the air a little bit. The uh, the Best Picture race. I'm going to write an article about this at some point. My, uh, Robert might too. In election years, you know, you, you, you start to look at like whether the academy is going to reflect what happens in politics and the actual year of, it doesn't necessarily have a tie-in. Um, in the year of an election, they're not really thinking about it, but the next year kind of follows. But I was wondering, my theory was for the longest time that if um, you know who had gotten reelected, that the Academy would just go for the angriest movie they could think of to reflect their frustration. And we don't really have one is the thing. Like there isn't an, a top tier awards player that, you know, it's not like a parasite last year where you could be like, Oh, well that, just, that just, got a major boost. So I'm, I'm curious what you guys think. Like if things had gone the other way, what do you think the Academy might've uh, gravitated towards? It's hard to say, because I think,
1: like you said, there aren't really any films that are quite that angry equivalent. We don't really have a parasite this year or a no country for old men, uh, at least not that I can think of. Um, Mm -mm. They mostly seem to be in the same sort of, you know, stuff like Mank or Trial of Chicago 7 seems to be kind of floating that Argo vibe or Spotlight or something like
0: that. Yep, Mm -hmm. exactly. I mean, yeah, like Spike's movie might have had a chance, like Five Bloods might have had a comeback in that realm. Cause it is also overtly mentions him and like, has a you know negative opinion about him. Or it just could have been like, um, one of you mentioned off the air promising a woman, which is also like a very angry movie, but also way too cool for the Academy. Like they're, they're not going to give that movie best picture much as it would please me more on that later. Um, but sure. now that, but now that we have, uh, an impending Biden presidency, I do think, uh, predictions might look a little boring for me because I, for the next handful of months have no reason to move trial to Chicago 7 out of the number one slot it's you know it's 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 political but it's also hopeful in some way it's timely of the moment so barring like a clear like um closing of the ranks among Mank I, I think I, I think I'm gonna look very boring in my one-two spots you guys have a have a different take.
1: Honestly, just because so many movies got pushed out of this year, those are the only two that we're left with where I really feel like, you know, they're, it's unambiguous that they're going to get in and do very well in terms of, but with nominations and probably wins, um, anything else after that is like, you know, slots three through 50 are almost interchangeable just because it's such a weird year and they have to kind of be open to things that they probably wouldn't have seriously considered otherwise.
2: Do, you, do yeah. you think a film like Dick Johnson is dead can slip in there?
0: No. Um, I wish... The answer is probably no. Um, programming note, I spoke to Kirsten Johnson a couple days ago, so look for that in the... Probably by the time you're listening to this or around the time you're listening to this, Steve's getting a shudder because he edits all these things, so I just doubled his <laughs> work. Um, but that is an interesting example of a, of a type of documentary that would do better. I think next year, when we're back to, like, mandatory 10 something like that might've had a fighting chance of just trying to shoot for that, that small percentage of number one votes you would need. Um, but I, I think it's a long shot though. Brilliant film and, and, and well-deserving and led to a will uh, tease it out now. Um, Kirsten Johnson and I, um, four years ago had a conversation the day after Trump won, At an event that, uh, for her movie camera person hosted by Michael Moore. So that's how I spent the aftermath of knowing Trump won the morning (laughs) after the election. That evening I was with, uh, Kirsten Johnson and Michael Moore (laughs) bemoaning our situation. And then now 24 hours before Joe Biden wins, she and I have a conversation for her new movie. So, uh, four years from now, I'm teasing it out right now. I feel like I'm going to have another interview with Kirsten Johnson for her new film. Um, we had to a good laugh over that, but she also brought up a really interesting question that I'm gonna tease out for you guys real qu- quickly. She, because of the subject of the movie, she asked me how I wanted to die, which is what? always what you want to hear over the phone. Well, you you know
3: what the movie's about, right? Yes. Okay, so yeah, so it, it's not it's not as weird as it sounds. No, it's just a very interesting. I I get it. I'm just like that would have like taken me by so much surprise. I think because that's just like such a. Well, i understand the question it's just I,
2: I i that's her icebreaker
3: yeah it's, right I will. i will i will leave the answer to be discovered um
0: in the interview but uh i just thought that was a, a wild way to have that conversation it's a really good interview but um back to picture no dick johnson is dead i don't think has a has a legitimate shot it might be able to win documentary feature but if you look at and we'll use my predictions because why not um Beyond Trial of Shock Chicago, Chicago Seven and Mank, you have No and Land One Night in Miami, which I think are good for nominations. Those are my three and four also. Yeah. They have an excellent yeah. story. They have the timeliness of female filmmakers. They're gonna be in the conversation. They're they're not traditional Academy winners. So I don't I don't know how they how they move up. I could be wrong. I wouldn't knock them out. I have News of the World at five. I think that's just the prestige of being a movie we haven't seen yet. I wouldn't, uh, I would be shocked if that moves any higher. Still to be determined. Six, I have Ma Rainey, which I think is the other movie to maybe look out for. Could be yep. ironic that the three most likely movies to win Best Picture are all Netflix. Yep. Um, it is still a little bit of an X factor. I, I believe everyone is very high on it. Um, I can't figure out if Netflix is the highest on it or if they're maybe sitting back and letting everyone else do the work for them. Because it's the one of the few movies they have not um, arranged like virtual premieres for. So um, in the next few days, they have virtual premieres that I'm going to be attending for the White Tiger and uh, Pieces of a Woman. So they're slowly, you know, getting their slate out. But I wonder if holding it back to be probably the last thing they show us is a strategic decision because people have been talking about it as a big player for so long or because they think it can be their big player. And obviously, they're not going to say anything just yet, but I find that interesting. Anyone on that?
1: I mean, it's definitely possible. I find it hard to imagine that they've got anything that's that can top Chicago 7 and Mank in terms of just the name recognition, the high profile, the timeliness of the respective stories. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Mank, uh, based on your review, I haven't seen it yet, but based on your review and what we've been hearing is a lot more political than perhaps people were expecting um, in a year like this. Maybe that can help it. But um, as far as those other
3: ones, there could definitely be a hidden gem there that we don't know about. But um, I think it's going to be more of a acting kind of movie where they I mean, Viola and Chatbook is obviously going to get a lot of yeah. everything deservedly so because i think he's brilliant and you know but i think that that's going to be the big push there for the acting categories that that feels like the most likely thing for me but i also think it has a lot of chance like a good chance in like almost every tech category of at least getting the nomination
0: and what gets with that
3: and what makes it interesting then is you start to get into like how many
0: netflix films can get into picture because for example that my lineup right now travis Scott seven mank both netflix nomad land of searchlight one Night in Miami is Amazon, so that's another streamer. Keep that in mind. News of the World is Sony Universal, one of the. It's it's a big, it's a big uh, company. I forget which one. Um, Ma Rainey is Netflix. Number seven is The Father, Sony Pictures Classics. Um, there's your like small movie that I think is going to slip in, at the moment at least, because it, yeah. it's going to do well with the acting branch. Eight is The Five Bloods, which I I would tell people not to sleep on. It's so of the moment still. But also Netflix. So that would be four Netflix movies. Nine, Judas and the Black Messiah. Warner Brothers, I, I, I it's going to come out. I just don't know when. I, I have a weird hunch that it's going to go to Sundance. Bigger movie than normal for Sundance, but I think because of when Sundance is, they're going to test it out there. And if it plays well, put it out before the deadline. And if it either plays well and they don't think there's a spot or maybe the response isn't as unanimous as they were hoping for, hold it go to can launch it next year see if they get a better a better response and then my 10 is never really sometimes always because Amy Coney Barrett will keep that movie on the uh, cusp of some voters lips for a while now that's uh, that's focus so you have a mix because then if you look through the next couple a handful of movies I think that that 10 seems fairly steady there's no reason to mess with that for a little bit 11 is Minari. I like it. Granted, maybe not as much as everyone else. That's A24. That definitely has a chance to break in, but it's also so small. It really needs attention in a way that I don't know it's going to get this season. 12 is tenant, just because God knows they're going to want to get a studio movie and if they can, but I don't know if they can make that case. That's going to be a, uh, a case of whether or not producers like can get votes from other people of like, you need to support the theatrical experience. Uh, so I'm not sure there promising woman 13 that's a uh, that's a focus again sound of metal 14 that's that's amazon prime like if you look like i have the midnight sky in the top 20 that's netflix you know there's so many movies here hillbilly elegy though uh, i'll let you know in a secret that's not going to happen um review to come soon that so many of the movies now are, are streamers that i don't i don't know where where that impacts things. so Kind of a wide range of conversation right there, but um, it does sort of make me think that we're we're, we're probably going to wind up with *Trial of the Chicago 7 or *Mank*, which doesn't bother me in the slightest.
1: Well, I think it's it's an interesting situation because obviously the reason that we have such a proliferation of streaming films in this top twenty is because they're the only ones who are sort of in a position to still release their films. Mm
2: -hmm. Whereas anyone
1: who's been really banking on a theatrical release has been forced to push it back. But at the same time you had just a few years ago, we had the year where you have like things like the Irishman and marriage story dominating for Netflix. Um, So I think the argument can still be made that it was heading this direction either way. Um, But a year like this where a theatrical is kind of slim pickings does really enhance it and maybe
0: fast track that narrative uh, more than it would have naturally. Definitely. Um, So we'll 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 have an episode in the next week or two when we're not filled with um, other directions. We take things in where we'll just go through the the predictions and we'll go through the studios and we'll we'll look at them. But for now, it's also
3: still months away so we can. Joey, can I ask you a question? Go ahead. What? Be, you were talking about like having like a big studio, uh, like a theatrical experience kind of film in there. Would you have put Dune in there? Yeah. So Dune was an interesting example. Of, I am
0: still convinced it's not going to be a good movie. Um I just don't think that subject matter makes for a film that's going to work. And especially in terms of the Academy now, had it come out, I think at this point, it might have gotten a best picture nomination just because it was an epic movie, theatrical experience movie. Right. Though I, I will caution that it probably would have made no money in the scenario that we're you know had it come out at Christmas. I at this rate I do not expect New York and an LA theaters to be open. Oh God, no. Yeah, like so. Look at what what did Tenant do? Tenant made fifty million
3: dollars so far. I think is what it made domestically. I've just I've never seen Tenet as a big player as a except for in the tech categories. And Dune, for some reason, I have always pictured to be an actual contender. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's possible. Well, I think Dune has some things going for it. I mean, it's got Denis Villeneuve, who's been exactly the Academy has been friendly to him before. And I think his presence perhaps elevates it above just seeming like, you know, a sci fi action movie. Like this is up thing with actual themes, and you know you've got the long history of the book and
3: the whole series there. Um, so I think the cast is come out. ridiculous, cast and it would be phenomenal. a good thing for the Oscars to want to like get that in there. Yeah, no, but-
1: absolutely. There's there's a lot working for it, and also the thing to remember is that most years there's at least one noteworthy genre exact nomination, right. whether it's something like District Nine or Arrival. Or um, um, what was the one that just happened last year with... Um, somebody help me.
0: <laughs> Our, uh, or Black
1: Panther two years ago. Or um, There's there's always usually Inception. Um, there's almost always at least one. If it's like a big enough financial and critical hit that usually slips in there. N- almost never more than one. I mean, there was the year where Mad Max Fury Road nearly swept the whole thing. Oh, so I, I, I definitely don't... I think there, it's always good to keep in mind that there'll be at least one space for like a
3: that a kind of film
1: genre movie and i feel like especially with the lack of competition that could have definitely been dune this year notwithstanding quality oh, jo- not you talking about joker it, by the way joker maybe i am but let's <sighs> all not barely, think about joker that, that barely counts as anything so <laughs>
3: no but i was wondering if that's what you were kind of or they maybe Jo-Jo, i thought but there not was really a-
1: Maybe I thought there was a, something more sci-fi leaning last year, but I might be thinking of the year before. Yeah, yeah definitely not before. this
3: this this last year.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Um, when we get into the categories, we'll we'll start doing that in the next week or two. We'll we'll go a little deeper and we'll talk about this stuff again. But yeah, I, I, there I, I will just caution that as much as the Academy does seem to like Denny, I believe his films have been cited no more than Nolan. Like Nolan has two Best Picture nominees, he has a director nomination, so. In terms of the apples to oranges, there like they they're probably on similar levels, in terms of how much they like e- the, those two filmmakers. So I don't know. I don't know if that matters. But, right. Well, in that case, it kind of
1: falls to the movies. Like, yes. We'll put we'll shortlist Nolan's name because he's been nominated for things like
0: Inception and Dunkirk.
1: Oh yeah, that's that doesn't we, automatically make Tenet like a Best Picture worthy because it's no. Not.
0: I think in a normal year, had it come out, like none of this happens, the movie comes out, it probably makes close to the amount of money it was hoping for in a normal year where all the theaters are open. Um, Maybe the reviews are ever so slightly kinder because you know, there are people who are like, this is supposed to save cinema. So maybe you, and also everyone's watching it in IMAX when they review it. So like, I let's, let's bump it up five points around tomatoes or something like that. So yeah, it's probably a, a fringe picture contender. You know, it's, it's doing well in the text, presumably, And, you know, it was maybe like at like 17 in picture or something like that. It's like maybe they want to nominate. Maybe they just like Nolan. So, yeah, in a normal year, it's not likely to be a nominee. In this year where it's really your only um, even close to acceptable, massive, you know, epic type movie, if they want something like that, that's their option. The only flip side that is normally you want one of those to encourage viewership and go figure. Most people have not seen that movie. So what's what's your big choice after that? Like Birds of Prey or something? Yeah, I mean, essentially it's not going to happen. I mean, or or you have to look and hope that like VOD, you know, the premium VOD option really benefited something like did did um, did Universal really have great numbers for the King of Staten Island? They said they did. But what does that mean? You know, does that mean that if you did the math, it was a $100 million movie? Because if it was, <clears throat> maybe you can make the case there. But if it's not, rock meet hard place once again. It's something to consider. It's something interesting. And it's something that I don't think we're going to uh, have an answer to anytime soon because it's it's early November, which is normally when we're getting, <clears throat> you know, getting our ducks in a row. And figuring everything out and, you know, a couple weeks left to to get it, get things ready to go. But, you know, this is this is like the end of the summer still in terms of the uh, the year. So nothing, nothing, nothing that needs to be finalized, which is interesting. I'm still not quite sure how to handle that, but it remains to be seen. I mean, we'll see what happens with Soul. Even though there'll be no numbers there, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't bet on something big necessarily making the race. Like I'm looking at my lineup again. We got Netflix, Netflix, No Madland. will not have made enough money to matter at that time. One night in Miami, primarily people be watching on on uh, streaming. News of the World I don't think was ever going to make like a ton of money. Ma Rainey's streaming. The Father's a, an indie movie. The Five Bloods was streaming. Judas and Black, but like there, there's just it the box office will not come into play so that is what it is but i will wrap things up for now since we're recording this a little later than normal and uh since you guys were also taken back by uh kirsten's question to me that's how we're gonna wrap it up everyone tell me how you would like to die if you had con- if you could dick johnson your death how would you arrange it
2: I would like to slip and fall and uh, smash my head open on the floor of Trump Tower. Oh, my God. (laughs) So my family could sue and take his money away and, uh, you know, nice closure.
0: So wild choice that you're doing this like now. You don't want to live a little longer? Well, Trump Tower is going to be around. Yeah, but he's not going to be around forever. He's only got another 10
2: years at best. How about Don Jr. slipping his driveway? All right, there we go. So you, so you give yourself an age too. Oh, See, that's a problem. I'd want to punish Don Jr. now. I can't stand that guy. He's like, I'm will- I might be willing to martyr myself. <laughs> let's go, let's switch it up. Let's go 90 years old, swimming across the ocean, uh, shark attack. Not bad, not bad. Painful, but quick.
0: And also kind of like you have that brief moment of like, really a shark still? Oh God. Eh. But also, why am I swimming at ninety? So I, I, I
3: like it. Max, you were so taken back by this. I'm what still taken aback by it. Um, <laughs> oh my god! Maybe in my sleep. In my sleep. I was Hopefully. hoping you'd be something. I, I was hoping you'd be doing like,
0: uh, like you were you were playing King Lear at like you know, <laughs> seventy five years
3: old or something like that. Man, I better be older than that. Um. I I, in my sleep, many, 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 many years from now, hopefully after the Browns win a Super Bowl, and so you're planning to live a long time. They, that is exactly right. Um, after that, and after I have a family and all that, so maybe maybe I'll I'll be um at the Browns uh parade there. when I'm 102 years old
0: just give, it just gives out on the. parade. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm down with that. So
1: I don't like
3: that.
0: Um. OK,
1: here's what I'm imagining. I get abducted by aliens. Mm. I'm, I'm floating up in the tractor beam.
0: It's a really I, big know. probe.
1: Yeah, well, so here's the thing. I'm floating yeah, up in the is. tractor beam. It's slower than you would expect it to be. So I've got some time to contemplate like, oh, wow. OK, so aliens exist. Oh, my yeah. God. Oh, what's going to happen to me when I get inside here? And before I get inside, I bang my head on the edge of the of the opening and uh, I die before they can probe me. Mm. Oh. So, so I, they- got that, I got that little confirmation that there's life beyond Earth, but I don't actually have to deal with any of the consequences of it.
3: I have a you don't, follow- You're not able to share it with anyone, which is so sad. I have a
1: few follow up questions to this. One, do you think they still probe you? I think they give it a fair shot. But the fact that I can't feel it is sort of the paramount concern for me. Two, what do they think what do you what do you think they do with the body? Do you think they keep it? Or do they like dump it? I like to imagine that they're like, oh well, he will obviously be the king around
0: here, so they make a little shrine for me. So I, that leads to my third volps. So this is clearly happening in Florida then, right? Oh well, naturally. Alright, yeah. So. But Go okay. figure. <laughs> I like it. Uh my answer, um, I am also quite taken aback when she asks me, but I think I respond pretty well. Um, she cracks up. So that's a good sign. Um, listen to the interview to find out. Look at that, right? That's a tease. Nice plug. Excellent. Um, until then, we're going to wrap up now. We'll be back next week. Um, we'll, uh, we'll we'll hopefully not talk any news since hopefully nothing else happens. But Jesus. We make no promises. And in the meantime, a uh, bunch of reviews coming on the site this week. Uh, some will be up by the time you've already read this. And uh, a, a small plug that uh, if you go to, was it Rogers TV, I believe it is. Uh, I'm going to get the website now. Rogers TV in the Durham region. Rogerstv.com. Um, cinema scene. I was on there. I was the guest on cinema scene. It went up on, sun, on Saturday evening. So uh, awards radar on the TV. My friend Eric Marchin, who was in the Critics' Choice Association with me, had me on. We promoted the site. I babbled about the Oscar race and uh, was informed right before him, Please Don't Curse. So I, I kept it clean. Mazel tov. You should be proud. I Trust me, it was hard. I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, everyone go take a look at that. And uh, hopefully we'll uh, continue our slow but steady plot for world domination. But for now, uh, I'm Joey. You can find me at Joey Maggotson on all the uh, social media channels. You can also go to uh, Awards Radar on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.
3: And everyone, uh, let people know where to find you, and we'll wrap up. So, Max, where can people stalk you? Um, At all times, you can stalk me on Instagram, Twitter, Letterboxd, MJoseph492, and then uh, YouTube, YouTube.com slash MaxJosephFilmPerson. I stalk him via his phone because I have his phone number, so when I need him to do shit... That's right. I Just that call nine one one, and I will pick up always.
0: I got that direct line, and you're a liar. I sometimes have to text you two or three times.
3: That's true, but yeah. that's why my second number is nine one one. So if you ever call that, I'll, I'll always be the person.
2: Oh, I'm gonna try that tonight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah know please how that do. Goes. <laughs> They're not Steve, busy. Steve, where can they find you before you're in jail? Uh, you can find me. You can find me at film snork on Twitter, and every six months uh, on Instagram. Yeah.
0: So. Um, Miles. Besides um, your anally probed corpse inside of a spaceship, where can they find you? Well, that's not for some time yet, let's hope.
1: Um, You can find me on Twitter at Miles on Film. That's M-Y-L-E-S. I am on Instagram every now and then at Marvelous Miles. Uh, Also, if I can do a quick shout out. uh, Recently, I had a short film that I wrote and directed uh, it finally came out. It is available on YouTube. It's called American Exorcist. Uh, you can just Google that, or you can look us up under the, um, YouTube channel Aftershock Pictures. Um, we also have, uh, Facebook pages for both of those if you want to follow us to see what's coming next.
0: And I believe by the time this goes up, there might be a, uh, written piece by Miles about that. Yeah. yeah Joey's letting me do a puff piece. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, so nice. it, it was that or do a hard hitting interview, but, uh, you know, I don't need to torpedo his career just yet. Um, I I do, I do hope the next uh, short film is your your accidental
3: anal probe death. Mm. Maybe Written not. and directed by M Night Shyamalan. As long as I get it, I need to get like a producer credit for that.
0: I'll I'll work it out in the in the paperwork. There you go. I'm in. All right, until then, um everybody enjoy the movies. Stay safe. Uh, try not to go out very much. We a lot of people made a little bit of an exception yesterday, but Everyone I saw was wearing masks, so that made me very happy. And uh, on the other hand, here's what I'll leave everyone with um, as we gloat a little bit over the uh, defeat of Donald Trump. At its core, this this has led me to to one real big thing. Other people have said this, but I think it's really true. Uh, Live your life in a way that when you lose your job, the entire world doesn't celebrate. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So... Think about that today. Enjoy some movies and
2: uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.